America's weekly dose of wellness. Brought to you by Memorial Care Health System. Here's Deborah Howell. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show. I am Deborah Howell, and today we'll be talking about how to shrug off shoulder pain for good and about the advancements in shoulder replacement surgery. Our guest today, I'm pleased to tell you, is Dr. Trong Nguyen, an orthopedic surgeon and medical director of the Total Shoulder Replacement Program at the Memorial Care Joint Replacement Center at Orange Coast Medical Center. Welcome, Dr. Nguyen. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Roughly 53,000 people in the U.S. have shoulder replacement surgery every single year. So my first question is, what is shoulder replacement surgery, and who's the ideal candidate for this type of procedure? Well, basically, a shoulder replacement surgery is uh, a replacement of uh, the ball and socket joint uh, of the shoulder. And if you can imagine it being sort of like a flat tire on your uh, car, the cartilage has worn out to the point where essentially patients are moving uh, their shoulder uh, uh, bone on bone. Mm-hmm. And so when uh, they start to try moving their shoulder up and down or rotating their arm, they have significant pain and disability because of it. And so essentially what you're doing is replacing or uh, resurfacing the a ball and socket joint, just like replacing a tire, similar to a hip and knee replacement. Um, the ideal patient uh, typically is a patient who uh, has uh, exhausted all non-operative um, uh, alternatives, and it gets to the point where they're severely debilitated and their um, quality of life uh, has been significantly affected by the uh, pain and disability. And what types of symptoms do individuals typically have that might prompt them to consider shoulder replacement? Well, the main symptoms, uh, depending on the cause of the arthritis, uh, typically uh, are uh, loss of motion, stiffness, uh, pain, uh, inflammation, and dysfunction of the shoulder, Uh, not being able to raise your shoulder above uh, shoulder level or uh, not uh, being able to sleep because of the pain, that's usually uh, the symptoms that bring patients in to see uh, uh, doctors. Okay. Now, I know there's not one size fits all. So what are the different types of shoulder replacement surgeries that are offered to patients and how are they performed? Well, uh, depending on the uh, cause of the arthritis, there's different kinds. Um, there could be uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Patients could have rheumatoid arthritis. Patients could have osteoarthritis, uh, post-traumatic arthritis, arthritis related to osteonecrosis or avascular necrosis. Those are all uh, different um, etiologies or causes of arthritis of the shoulder. Uh, Fractures, of course, can also be uh, a problem. And depending on the the problem, uh, different uh, options are uh, offered or necessary. For standard uh, Osteoarthritis uh, with severe bone-on-bone degeneration, typically uh, a shoulder replacement, a standard shoulder replacement with a replacement of the ball and socket is done. Um, implantation uh, uh, of the glenoid, and which, which is a socket, and the humeral head, which is the ball part of the joint, uh, is done uh, with a standard, what we call a deltal pectoral approach uh, from the front of the shoulder. Um, and that's where the ball and socket joint is replaced with uh, typically a metal implant and a plastic socket component. That's done typically if the rotator cuff is intact. If the rotator cuff is not intact, 
then uh, it's usually recommended to do a what's called a reverse shoulder uh, replacement. Um, that's uh, typically done more for where patients have uh, a torn rotator cuff with significant weakness, severe arthritis or rotator cuff arthropathy, which is arthritis related to chronic long-standing rotator cuff tearing, or if a patient had a previous failed, previously failed uh, uh, shoulder replacement, then a reverse shoulder replacement is uh, usually indicated. And that's where the ball and socket joint are actually reversed and uh, uh, switched, where the socket becomes the ball and the ball becomes a socket. Uh, oh, that's so interesting. That's been pretty, and that's been pretty, uh, and that's relatively new. Um, uh, and uh, what it does is it uh, changes the center of rotation to allow uh, for the deltoid muscle to take over uh, for the loss of a rotator cuff, a functioning or damaged rotator cuff tendon. Um, there are other options, uh, such as resurfacing or hemiarthroplasty. Those aren't as common, uh, and those have different uh, indications as well. And that, you know, typically is discussed with the surgeon which ones are the best ones. I just had uh, shoulder surgery last year, as a matter of fact. I didn't have my shoulder replaced, but I know uh, a lot of things about being a, a recuperating patient from shoulder surgery, like when you can't even hold a cup of coffee. <laughs> right, right. So right. a, a, a yeah. lot of people want to postpone these things. And are there any long-term repercussions of postponing a necessary shoulder replacement? Um, the one thing that most surgeons uh, are concerned about uh, when uh, uh, evaluating patients with uh, significant osteoarthritis is having a good glenoid base. And I'll describe that as being, or I'll uh, relate that as having a good foundation for your house. So if a shoulder replacement requires building on top of a strong glenoid socket, uh, the more and more uh, severe arthritis becomes, uh, the more wearing down of the bone and the glenoid occurs. So if the glenoid, which is a relatively small bone compared to other parts of the shoulder, uh, if that can, if that wears down to a significant level, it makes the surgery more difficult and possibly the recovery more difficult, and then you have to do additional surgery if there's significant bone loss. So, um, so you know, delaying uh, a shoulder replacement surgery is you know, individual, Every everybody's a little bit different in terms of how mentally ready they are for shoulder replacement surgery. But usually uh, what I do in my practice, and I know a lot of surgeons do as well, they'll monitor the amount of bone stock or bone availability. And if there's too much wear of the glenoid, um, most surgeons will most uh, most likely recommend doing the surgery sooner than later uh, in order to prevent significant bone loss. Because if you can't have, if you don't have a good foundation, it's hard to build or it's hard to ha have a good shoulder replacement. Just like if you don't have a good foundation for your house, you can't really good build a good house. You so can huff and puff that, and blow it all down. <laughs> exactly, and that's one of the main things uh, I would say would not be good if you delayed a shoulder, shoulder replacement surgery. But that's typically done by monitoring patients on a serial basis uh, with uh, serial x-rays just to make sure that there's no significant wearing.
Okay. What's the recovery process like after surgery? And really, how soon would a patient be able to go back to their usual everyday activities? Uh, typically, after the surgery, uh, patients are in a sling, uh, and there are certain uh, restrictions that aren't necessary, and that's usually discussed with your surgeon, depending on the exact surgery that was done. But for the first couple weeks, um, uh, most patients are able to perform uh, simple daily activities, such as eating, dressing, and grooming. Um, there's uh, going to be some expected pain for the first uh, several weeks after surgery and sometimes at night. Driving is not is usually not allowed for, on average, two to four weeks, depending on how quickly uh, patients recover. Uh, uh, and But usually, typically patients start a light exercise program with simple um, passive motion just to prevent stiffness. Uh, for the first couple of weeks, um, um, but after six to eight weeks, typically a lot of those restrictions are lifted and people are able to advance their activity levels uh, to allow to do to, so that they can, so they're allowed to do more and more stuff. And along with that, what type of support is offered to patients before and after surgery as part of the Memorial Care Joint Replacement Program? The joint replacement program uh, includes uh, hip and knee replacements, but the shoulder replacement program also uh, is included in the pathways that we have. Uh, those include uh, preoperative evaluation, assistance with coordination with specialists uh, that are needed with uh, or that are needed for medical clearance and evaluation prior to surgery, such as if you had a uh, cardiac issue coordinating uh, the uh, pre-op cardiac evaluation, uh, pulmonary evaluation, uh, and other other subspecialties. Um, uh, Coordination with preoperative medications and postoperative medications. Uh, Usually we have a uh, nursing coordinator that helps um, advise patients along with the primary care doctor and the surgeon to see which medications uh, can be continued before and after surgery or need to be discontinued before or after surgery. We also have a, uh, uh, a nurse that helps with uh, uh, teaching patients in a preoperative class, kind of like an orientation for the patient. Really? Uh, and, if they, and if they have a coach, quote-unquote coach, typically we advise a patient to have either a family member or a good friend to come with them to the preoperative classes and basically goes over what to expect before, during, and after surgery in a stepwise fashion. Yeah, and that really eases the anxiety that people have prior to surgery, which is, of course, expected. Um, so the preoperative nurse uh, and the preoperative classes have been highly rated and really successful, and patients usually really like it. Um, uh, obviously, during the surgery, uh, there's a streamlined um, uh, pathway for patients where we use evidence-based medicine uh, and evidence-based surgery to uh, maximize the outcome for the patient. And then the post-operative recovery uh, ha- is also streamlined and coordinated with the nursing staff and the discharge planners to make sure uh, patients have everything they need uh, when they go home. It sounds like you've got a team. You can't fail, right? <laughs> well, I think all of the surgeries that we do, um, you definitely have to have a team uh, because there's so many things that are 
needed, uh, and there's so many things that you want to go right. And so when everybody is on the same page, uh, it makes a huge difference. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Nguyen. It's been so good to have you on the show. We really appreciate it. No problem. For more info or to listen to a podcast of this show, please visit memorialcare.org podcasts. That's memorialcare.org podcasts. That's all for this time. I'm Deborah Howell. Have yourself a terrific day.